breaking news from KXAN News. That breaking news from overnight, Austin police shooting and killing a man near West 6th Street in Colorado Streets. KXAN's Brianna Hollis is joining us live near this scene. Brianna, this all started with a report of a man with a gun. Good morning, Tom. That's right. In just a minute in saying they heard multiple gunshots. Police Chief Joseph Jacone says that caller reported, quote, complete chaos and said people were running on West 6 between Guadalupe and Colorado. He says officers responded immediately. APD did find one man with a gunshot wound. He is going to be okay. As police continue to search for the shooter, Chacone says they found a man who matched the description holding a gun who ran away when police approached him. Chief Chacone says officers told him multiple times to drop the weapon, but he did not, and police shot the man who later died in the hospital. During all of these events, I think it's important to stress that this is the downtown entertainment district. There were people everywhere, uh, many on foot, uh, vehicles in the area as well, and, um, and generally this uh, was a very, very active area of town despite the, the late hour. The three officers who fired shots have been placed on administrative leave per department protocol. Also, per department protocol, APD will be releasing body camera video within 10 business days. And this morning at 6.30, hear from a pedicab driver who was nearby when shots were fired. Tom. Brianna Hollis reporting for us. Thank you, Brianna. Uh, added just people in that area, given that it is a holiday weekend. As we go in depth on this, the Texas Attorney General's office keeps a database of all shootings involving officers, and it shows 14 shootings involving officers in Austin last year. That does not include any that may have happened last month. Under state law, law enforcement agencies are required to submit these reports to the AG's office within 30 days of an officer-involved injury or death. First warning weather with meteorologist Kristen Curry. Well, good Monday morning. We begin with a look at what's going on on our clouds and radar. Certainly some clouds out there not seeing anything picking up on radar, though, and we really won't today. The only exception to that will be a couple sprinkles in our far eastern counties early this morning, but I don't even think it's going to be heavy enough for our radar to see it. I'm going to show you what I'm looking at here in just a few minutes, but live look outside. Indeed, domain camera showing the clouds up top. We look good down beneath. Fog is possible east of 35 this morning, but as far as I can see, I'm not seeing the fog. That's the good news for those who are going to be out early. 50s and 60s for most of us. It is significantly warmer this morning compared to what we had over the weekend. Temperatures up 10 to about 20 degrees warmer. And we're going to continue this warming trend today with those 60s climbing to the low 70s by lunchtime forecast high today coming in around 80 degrees. It's certainly well above normal for this time of year. Coming up in your first morning forecast, record warmth expected tomorrow. Yes, our temperatures continue to climb above that 80 degree mark. We got two different cold fronts in the seven day forecast, both bringing the possibility of rain, but also cooling down our temperatures. So some changes ahead as we get into the back half of the work week. We'll talk a little bit more about what you can expect and when coming up in your first morning forecast, but let's get a check on your Monday morning drive with Sean. Thank you, Kristen. Good Monday morning, everyone, as you're heading outside right now along I-35. No travel issues out there and it's pretty comfortable. Don't even really need a, a jacket as you're making your way to the car. Again, uh, we're still keeping an eye on that uh, police activity out along Colorado and 4th Street between 4th and 6th. Uh, road is closed down right now. Back out towards the west along 6th Street 
and uh, Teresa Avenue dealing with an incident uh, there as well. And, uh, that's about it. It's been a pretty quiet start to your morning here. You can see it's all green and clear here. Three to six minutes speeds there near normal up to about 70 to 75 miles per hour. Green area wide, 25 minutes from Kyle and then 20 minutes from Round Rock. Thank you, Sean. We are learning more today about two people shot and killed in Llano County this weekend. A father and son both found shot in their driveway. Now 14-year-old Evan Wesling was a freshman at Burnett High School. The district releasing a statement saying Evan was part of the school's community for several years and that they're deeply saddened by his loss. Evan and his father, 38-year-old Preston Westling, were found Saturday morning. The school district saying there will be additional counselors available for students and staff at Burnett High and that counseling will be available at all BCISD campuses. They said their hearts and prayers go out to Evan's family and friends. There's still a lot of questions as to what exactly happened here. First responders pronounce both dead at the scene as this case continues to be under investigation as a homicide. Now to Washington and President Joe Biden making history Sunday, the first sitting U.S. president to deliver marks at the church where Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. was pastor. But as Monica Alva reports, that didn't stop the criticism over his handling of recently discovered classified documents at his personal home and office. Dr. King's life and legacy show us the way we should pay attention. President Biden honoring Martin Luther King Jr. Sunday at the late Reverend's church in Atlanta on what would have been his 94th birthday. His mission was something even deeper. It was spiritual. It was moral. Mr. Biden making history as the first sitting president to deliver a sermon at Ebenezer Baptist's Sunday service while ignoring reporters' questions about the newest revelations regarding classified material discovered at his Delaware home. The total number recovered is unclear, but documents with classification markings have been identified in multiple locations, less than a dozen at the Penn Biden Center in Washington, D.C., with the rest unearthed in the president's Wilmington residence, found in a locked garage and an adjacent room. The White House has promised to cooperate as completely and transparently as possible. Still, Democrats conceding the misstep, given the president's past criticism of Donald Trump's handling of classified information. It's certainly embarrassing. It's one of those moments that obviously they wish hadn't happened. While defending how the Biden team reacted initially. The president's lawyers, the moment they found out about the documents that day, turned them over to the National Archives and uh, ultimately to the Department of Justice. As Republicans gear up for major investigations. I will accuse the Biden administration of not being transparent. Why didn't we hear about this on November 2nd when the first batch of classified documents were discovered? What's real concerning to me is how justice is applied and is it applied equally? That was Monica Alba reporting for us. Back here locally, there is a local animal rescue group weighing in on dozens of guinea pigs found abandoned. The animals discovered in city parks and along highways. Us in guinea pig rescue says the pandemic pet returns might be playing a role here. The group has collected dozens of dumped animals since late summer, mainly in city parks along I-35 and Mopac. The group says that the animals likely belong to a breeder. This based off of tears in their ears from breeder tags. 
The nonprofit says guinea pig sales skyrocketed during the pandemic, but now slower demand is leaving many breeders with too many guinea pigs and not enough money. A lot of these breeders were doing great during the pandemic, and so they actually got more animals and bred more animals. But those animals cost money to maintain, and now that the bottom's fallen out of the market, many, many of the breeders are hurting. The rescue group is asking whoever's responsible to turn in their remaining guinea pigs, no questions asked. If you want to donate or help foster a guinea pig, we've got information on how you can get involved at KXAN.com. Today is Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Day, and there are several ways to celebrate his life and legacy here in our area. The United Way for Greater Austin has a morning cleanup at Southwest Williamson County Regional Park. It's from 9 this morning to noon. It also has an afternoon cleanup at Gus Garcia District Park from 1.30 to 3.30 this afternoon. The Peace Park Conservancy will hold a food drive today. That's from noon to 5, and this supports the Central Texas Food Bank. You can bring donations to Kingsbury Commons at Pease Park. The 30th Annual Community March will start at 9 this morning at the MLK statue on the UT campus. And that march leads to the south steps of the Capitol. There, there's going to be a rally, and then they go on to Houston Tillotson University for more activities. And then new this year, there's a fireworks celebration honoring Dr. King at the state capitol. And that starts at 8.30 tonight on the south lawn of the capitol complex. And Kristen, for being the middle of January, they're probably going to have some nice weather out there. Absolutely. I mean, weather, I think, is going to cooperate for any of those MLK events. So let me show you what's going to uh, be what you can expect for those who are going to be partaking in the parade downtown. Because you'll notice these temperatures look fantastic from the upper 60s this morning to the lower 70s by lunchtime. Forecast high today is going to be in the 80s. So even in the early afternoon, we'll already be in those upper 70s. Just to mix the sun and clouds and whether or not you can go to parade or not always a good day to just be a little kinder right doesn't matter what you look like on the outside it matters what's on the inside high temperatures in the low 80s today and tomorrow 70s wednesday cold for number one puts us down to the 60s by thursday you'll notice the low temperatures too in the 50s tomorrow morning and wednesday morning getting a little chilly thursday friday you're going to want to make sure you have that coat with you because those morning temperatures feeling a little bit more seasonable uh, even if the temperatures this afternoon and tomorrow aren't looking at our two week outlooks. Yes, we've got a pattern change unfolding here. Last week of January, looking at cooler than normal temperatures, so running below average next week and running wetter than normal. Boy, do we need this. I was looking at the numbers this morning, already over an inch behind where we should be with our January rainfall. We do have two different opportunities for rain in this week's forecast, but I'm not super hopeful that everybody's going to get it. And I'm going to show you what I'm looking at with both of those cold fronts coming up in your first morning forecast. Thank you, Kristen. Construction meant to fix a roadway only making another worse. The people living in this area are blaming a Central Texas agency and a zip line saving a community. How floodwaters force some to get creative. Welcome back. Court documents are revealing new details about an Austin murder investigation. Police say 35-year-old Eric LaMountain called his ex-girlfriend, telling her he shot 37-year-old Gavin Wood. Wood was in a relationship with La Mountain's former girlfriend. The woman then called 911, and shortly after, police found Wood dead Tuesday in North Austin. 
His body was on a sidewalk with a gunshot wound to his chest. Police arrested La Mountain at his home off I-35 in North Austin that same day. He now faces a murder charge and is being held on a million dollars bond. All right, time now is 614. Imagine the main road leading into your home or business is starting to crumble and there's no clear fix on the way. That is what an East Austin landowner says is happening to them. They blame a Central Texas Transportation Agency for damaging their private road while constructing the 183 tollway. But the toll agency disagrees, saying it's not its problem to fix. KXAN investigator Avery Travis looks at this years-long legal dispute and where the case stands today. It's no secret. Development in Austin is heading east. This is a really important site for city of Austin. And speeding up with the expansion of the 183 toll road. It just provides a lot of opportunity close in town that doesn't exist in other places, not on this size, not on this scale. Which is why Adam Zarafshani and his development group had high hopes for the old Motorola Technology Campus, a hundred acres of land just east of the toll road ready to be revived. But yet, nobody seems to mind that this is going on. He's talking about this private road on the property that's crumbling, and he blames 183, rather the toll road's operator. Central Texas Regional Mobility Authority. The sidewalks are collapsing. Zaref Shani believes the agency improperly used the private road as one side of a detention pond that's meant to collect runoff from the toll road. But according to public court filings by CTRMA's attorneys, they believe the property's developers have allowed the condition of the road to deteriorate over time and are now trying to use taxpayer money to fix a private problem. This used to be a sidewalk for people here who worked on the campus to use, but now it's become more of a picture of just how bad this problem has gotten over the years. This all began as an imminent domain case back in 2015 when CTRMA took over several acres of land from a previous landowner to build this detention pond. Zaref Shani says his development group inherited the legal dispute when it purchased the property in 2020 and the worsening conditions of the road, hindering the development as a whole. Over time, this road is not going to be usable. A judge recently denied Zaref Shani's group's request to force a specific settlement agreement. CTRMA told KXAN it could not comment on pending litigation. Zaref Shani says he just wants a way to move forward. We're kind of stuck. Avery Travis, KXAN Investigates. It is 617 and a zip line is now a lifeline for a California community. Floodwaters washed away their access bridge and one family set up this line New Year's weekend knowing the bridge might go out, which it did last weekend. Now that family's using the zip line to ferry food, medicine, and fuel to neighbors. Some of them are elderly, others with young children. We're lucky because we have gravity flow water, but when people need the electricity to even get water to their house, you know, starts getting kind of ugly. People living in the area are expecting to receive some help from engineers soon, but first the water levels are going to have to go down. Scary situation, mm. Kristen. A, a lot of them in California. I know a lot, we have 
friends and family both there are, are still dealing with this. Unfortunately, yeah, we've got two more Pacific storms expected to bring even more rain mm. and snow to California. It's something we're going to be tracking here at home. Two possibilities of rain in our future. Let's begin with what's happening outside this morning. Clouds and radar showing quite a bit of cloud cover, not a whole lot of rain. I don't think we're going to see much today. The exception to that, a couple little sprinkles possible in some of those uh, thicker clouds that we've got in our eastern counties in general. The majority of us stay dry, very cooperative for any of your MLK activities or parade ceremonies today. Live look outside, Ewald Kubota weather camera there in Georgetown. You can kind of see the gray skies up top, right? We're going to see a mix of sun and clouds through the day, but I'll tell you what, temperatures this morning, you're going to notice that in addition to the clouds because it's much warmer out there compared to recently. 50s and 60s all over the hill country this morning. Our Austin metro area, we're seeing 60s too from 64 in Round Rock to 63 down in Driftwood, 63 in Maynard, and 63 in downtown Austin this morning. Eastern County temperatures in those mid-50s to low 60s everywhere you look. Again, I don't think you'll need the jacket this morning, and you certainly won't need it this afternoon. I'll keep my eye on the visibility this morning. We do have a couple lower readings out east, but nothing that'll plague you if you're going to be out on the roads. 80 degrees is where I expect us to be this afternoon. With a mix of sun and clouds overhead, the winds will be relatively lighter than what we saw yesterday. High temperatures everywhere. Look, upper 70s to low 80s for your 4 o'clock hour today. It is going to be unseasonably warm, and we get warmer tomorrow. Let me briefly highlight the fact that wildfire danger is going to be very high out there. We've got a dry line, some drier air pushing in uh, this afternoon, so please hold off on any outdoor activities as far as open flames go, barbecues, the, the uh, you know fire pits, burn piles, none of that today. We've got some pretty significant wildfire danger everywhere you look. So what am I tracking? Well, if I put this into motion, mix of sun and clouds today, more sunshine tomorrow. Cold front number one comes in Wednesday morning with the rain chance. Then we see some drier conditions Thursday. Cloud cover increases Friday. Cold front number two slides in on Saturday. The first cold front is likely to be favoring our eastern counties here with some of those better rainfall potentials, maybe about a quarter of an inch. But between cold front number one and cold front number two, maybe we get about a half an inch out there in our eastern counties with lesser amounts as you work your way west. 70 forecast, low 80s for your Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Day afternoon. Low 80s again tomorrow. That 82 is above the record of 81 last set back in 1999. 40% chance of rain on Wednesday with cold front number one. 50% chance of rain with cold front number two on Saturday. We'll keep you updated as we get closer. John? Okay. Thank you, Kristen. Love to see 80s in the heart of January, incredible. All right, let's get you outside here. Actually getting a little bit busier here along I-35 and 56th Street is, of course, uh, still many heading off to work. We are dealing with an accident just off of Airport uh, Boulevard or Austin Boulevard here and still have a police on scene of that Colorado Street incident here. The road is closed from 4th Street down through 6th Street, so you want to avoid that area right now. Other than that, though, we're dealing with quiet conditions. We're in the clear here. Look at this, all green heading in town across Mopac. Three to six minutes speeds there near normal, up to 70 miles per hour and area-wide drive times. 21 minutes from Round Rock, 25 minutes from Kyle. We'll be right back. This is KXAN Sports, brought to you by Thomas J. Henry. Good morning to you, Cowboys and Buccaneers. We'll wrap up the first weekend of the playoffs. Cowboys trying to do tonight what they couldn't do in each of the last two openers, beat Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. The winner of this one 
will go to San Francisco next week, not Philadelphia. That's because the Giants beat Minnesota in Minnesota on Sunday. So again, it's the two seed 49ers hosting the winner of the Cowboys and Buccaneers. UT women in action trying to make it two consecutive wins over ranked teams. Tuesday, they beat Kansas at Moody Center. Yesterday, in front of over 6,400, they took on Iowa State. Rory Harmon didn't have the 30 she had against them last year at the Big 12 tournament, but gives Texas a 10-point lead. And then, well, here comes Iowa State. Emily Ryan, the bucket and the foul. And then Izzy Zingaro and ties it at 42. And we got a ball game. And then the Longhorns take over. Check out the great look from Shea Holly to Deanna Gaston. Longhorns open up a seven-point lead. Fourth quarter, it's all about the defense. Harmon with the steal. And then in transition, it is the freshman Amina Muhammad. And the Longhorns open a seven-point lead. It's an Iowa State team averaging nearly 79 per game. Deanna Gaston with the block shot. And then more defense. And again, Harmon, Muhammad. Texas holds Iowa State to six points in the decisive fourth quarter. Sonia Morris, the bucket right there. Gaston leads the way with 17 points. Texas almost certainly will be back in the top 25 with these two wins. Longhorns now hit the road. They play at Texas Tech on Wednesday. Of course, the UT men coming off that win over Texas Tech. And they're on the road tomorrow against a very good Iowa State team. Thanks for joining KXAN News today. You can also listen to KXAN News nightly every weekday after 5.30 p.m. for in-depth coverage on what matters most to you.